All right, Tigers drop another game in spring training. We're going to talk about the news and notes from that. And then we're going to take a look at Lockdown Network's first power rankings of the year. Break those down, see where the Tigers fall, etc. All today on Lockdown Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, March 23rd. 2023 thank you for making lockdown tigers your first listen every single day we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts including youtube part of the lockdown podcast network your team every single day download the game time app today create an account use code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off of your first purchase last minute tickets low prices they're all guaranteed we'll talk about that a little later as well okay welcome back everybody happy thursday uh, we are going to talk baseball, believe it or not. That's going to be what we're going to do today. I know, big shocker to a lot of people. Um, so let's just get right into it. We're going to talk about the 5-3. to three. Was that the final? I think it was. Lost to the Atlanta Braves on a spring training game on Wednesday afternoon. And then we will discuss, uh, locked on all of the hosts uh, for the MLB side of locked on. Uh, all cre- sent in our power rankings, and then they combined all of those, and we have our our network-wide power rankings. We're going to discuss those at the end of the show. Uh, I'll kind of point out where mine differ from the rest of the hosts, and you guys can uh, either call me a genius or an idiot. So uh, let's start with this ball game, though. Like I said, 5-3. to three. Yeah, 5-3 to three loss to the Atlanta Braves. This one... I know that I start off like pretty much every show with saying like, hey, please try not to care about spring training wins and losses. But admittedly, this one was frustrating just because um, this was the Braves like C squad, like with all due respect, this was not like the Atlanta Braves are one of the best teams in baseball. And I'm not sure on the offensive side of the ball, I'm not sure they had a single everyday starter in their lineup today. Like, it was genuinely, like, just a lot of backups, a lot of dudes who, oh, here were their AAA stats last year. We, we did not get the, the World Series competitor Atlanta Braves. Um, I, I mean, for the Braves, even on the bump, right? I mean, we're throwing out uh, guys who ha- have not started or pitched in a major league game in a very long time, right? Soroka, quite a lot of injuries. Uh, so, th- the fact that this was... Not a comfortable win, I guess, was a little frustrating, but I I still maintain that I don't really care about wins and losses in spring training. But there is some stuff to take out of this game, as there is stuff to take out of every game at this point of year. Uh, AJ Hinch had a quote, I think it was Wednesday morning, Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, whatever, doesn't really matter, where he, he said, like, for the dudes on the bubble, this is, like, this week is awful. This is a really, really brutal week for those players that are right on the bubble between making and missing this roster, and it's very, very stressful. And uh, I, I very much imagine that to be true. It, it's got to be really, really anxiety-inducing to uh, to go out there every day when 
your performance on a day-to-day basis kind of determines what's going to happen to you going forward. That's got to be a tough thing to carry around. So uh, very much true. And we're at that point in the year. We got less than a week left in spring training now. And by the time you're listening to this, uh, MLB opening day is a week away. It's a week from Thursday, a week from today. So uh, it's it's crunch time for a lot of these battles. Uh, in this game, you know, Riley Green, had a, he's not on, on the bubble or anything, but he had a really nice at-bat. I, I just – I kind of said this earlier in the week too, but I feel like I'm only really talking about the, the bubble battles just because that's the important thing to talk about, and that's going to be mostly what we do talk about. But I, I do want to, to just give – like flowers to players that deserve it, whether they're on the bubble or not. And, and Riley Green is, has continued to look fantastic and had a really nice RBI opposite field single in this one. Zach Short. Zach Short, another strikeout, but another walk. His batting average is going down, but his on-base percentage is going up. He has a 400 OBP in the spring. Um, and they are playing him in a lot of different positions. Makes sense to me. I, I Again, I'll reiterate, this game did not change anything for me. I still think that uh, if I were the man in charge, uh, I would not have Zach Short on my opening day roster if the season started tomorrow. But that doesn't mean that I don't understand why he's still here and hasn't been part of one, one of the rounds of roster cuts yet. Like It, it, it really does make some sense, uh, especially if they can get him more and more comfortable at, at more and more different positions. Okay. Akil Badu. Everybody's favorite uh, thing to talk about is him and Kerry Carpenter with the fourth outfield batter. Carpenter didn't play in this one. Uh, Badu drew a walk, then had a ridiculous play where he went first to third, but he didn't pick up the ball. So, like, he kind of hesitated and stopped at second, almost ran back to first, then turned back around, realized the ball was in right field, decided to go to third was like didn't expect a throw to third. So like kind of let up on the brakes, then saw that the ball was there and like slid last second and then found himself like literally underneath the third baseman. He stands up. The the third baseman goes flying. It was like he was tabletopping him. Like <laughs> he, he's doing flips over Akil Badu. Then Badu stands up and breaks for home and scores. Um, uh, Cody Stavenhagen of the athletics said like he he's wreaking havoc on the base pass. That is what he does. That's, that's objectively true. And so uh, <laughs> not that this game is going to hold like a ton of weight on its own, but again, Badu draws a lot of walks is really good on the base paths. And I, I Carpenter swinging a hot stick lately. And I know everybody's got their own opinion and, and whatnot on who's going to win that fourth outfield battle. Uh, but it, it's it's really hard for me to envision them not going with athleticism that they can use in the starting lineup or off the bench. And, and like I understand the, the counter to that is like, oh, well, if you have Carpenter, then you have power off the bench. I get that. And, and again, not a slight against Carpenter, and he will certainly get his at-bats at the major league level this year. This is not like a, he's going to spend the whole season in AAA kind of thing. You know, by June, when Carpenter's taking rips at the MLB level, everybody will forget this. But for now, it's the big story that everyone's arguing about. And uh, I, I think that the, the default 
is still Badu just with kind of what he can do outside of the batter's box as well as drawing walks and kind of upholding that team identity in the batter's box as well. But we'll see. I mean, there's still a few games left. Carpenter's almost certainly going to be part of the last round of cuts. And if he has a really hot rest of the week and is crushing the baseball and ends spring with like a 700 slugging percentage, then it's going to be kind of hard to look the other way. So, so we'll see. We'll see. I, for Carpenter specifically, I'm, I'm still looking for a lot of uh, non-fastball damage done. That's like my biggest thing with Kerry Carpenter. That's like the biggest thing where I stand right now. I, I need to see home run swings and, and home run power and high slugging percentage on non-fastballs just the way he does fastballs. Make sense? Okay. I, I, and I know that that's a, that's a super back and forth kind of fluid situation. I, I totally get it. Um, but we, it's, it's the talk of the town at the moment. All right. Let's get into the other talk of the town, which is the utility infield battle, which Ryan Kreidler has played his way into tenfold, uh, certainly part of that conversation. Now, we will get into that right after I tell y'all about our new friends over at Game Time. You know, all the time we talk, I mean, obviously, 81 home games, Tigers games every single year, we talk a lot about finding your way to get to the ballpark, finding your way to go watch Tigers baseball in person. And a lot of those decisions are made last second. And if you are planning on making one of those last second decisions, like, oh, I want to go to the Tigers game today. This is really the app and the website for you. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They have amazing deals on last-minute ticket prices and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. They have flash deals, last-minute tickets, like I said, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. You get images of seat views, low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. They really are just the best in the business, and they are going to help you watch a lot of Tigers games this season. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy, like I said, in a matter of seconds. Two taps on your phone. Boom, boom. You have tickets to tonight's ball game. They're also sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email ever again. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB in all caps for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, low price guaranteed all right everybody welcome back here segment two of locked on tigers i appreciate y'all for tuning in as always so let's get into this utility infield situation okay so when i did my roster projection last week i think it was the end of last week so but i think it was exactly a week ago is the time you're listening to this um, I did not have Ryan Kreidler on this roster. I had Cesar Hernandez and Andy Abanez. Abanez being more of the, the one that can play first if they need it, but also can be sped around the infield 
and Cesar Hernandez being that, uh, you know, second and third base type of utility player as well. Well, uh, since then, Ryan Kreidler has been on absolute tear. He's hitting the ball really, really well. Uh, a lot of like decently hard contact too. You know, he's never going to be a power guy. He's never going to hit you 15, 20 homers, but uh, you know, in a big outfield like Comerica, just getting the ball into the outfield, you can do a lot of damage uh, if you're a decent athlete. And and he is that. So I, I think the biggest thing, he went two for three in this game on Wednesday, but he played second base. He played left field and he played center field. I think that that's a sign that they are they are giving Kreidler a legitimate look for one of these utility positions. Now, again, I'll say for the millionth time, Kreidler, I can almost promise you, will take MLB at bats this season. But for the, uh, the immediate decision of opening day, I think it really is going to come down to some combination – of Cesar Hernandez, Andy Abanez, uh, Nevin, I guess that's really just like assuming health for him, Zach Short, and Ryan Kreidler. You got five dudes there that are all kind of in that utility player mix. And realistically, I think you have enough roster spots for to carry two of them on opening day. Assuming health for everyone, I think you can legitimately pencil in two of those five. That's a tough call. That's a tough call that a lot of people are going to have a lot of different opinions on. I really liked what I saw from Nevin early in spring. And then he got hurt and we haven't really seen too much of him since. And no one really is is too aware of the timetable. Oh, speaking of timetable, Michael Lorenzen, I guess I, I just said speaking of, I, we still don't really know it. Uh, it sounds like it's going to come down to the wire on whether he's going to be ready to make his first start of the regular season or not. That seems like it's a big, you know, 50-50 on March 23rd. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But uh, that that seems to be kind of a, a, a huge looming question mark at the moment. And if he's going to miss his first start, you might as well just put him on the 10-day IL to start off the season and uh, give Joey Wentz a look or something. So we'll see what happens there. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, but that that utility situation is is just unbelievably fascinating to me. A lot of people like Zach Short, as we talked about a lot, um, but but Ryan Kreidler really has played his way into this conversation. I don't know if he makes the team, uh, but he has definitely earned the right to continue, like not be a part of the round of cuts and to still be here and still be in the mix, especially, as I mentioned, you have several injuries surrounding other utility players. Abanez, he had his finger thing as well. Uh, and he hasn't hit incredibly well since coming back from the WBC. Nevin, we already talked about. And if you become comfortable with Ryan Kreider playing corner outfield, I mean, the the value in him being even a slightly below league average hitter while being able to play like six or even seven different positions is, is going to carry him a long way, I feel like. So I... It just it gives him a huge leg up if he can play infield and outfield, and they're actually comfortable with that. Now, I'm not a, a coach. I don't know if they're comfortable with that, but they're taking a look, which is worth noting. As of today, I have no idea. I, I still would not have Kreidler on my opening day roster if you're looking for my opinion. I would still probably start him in Toledo, play him everywhere in Toledo. Like every day he's playing a different position in Toledo for all I care 
And then if somebody goes down, he's one of the first calls. Uh, but he has absolutely earned the right to, to hang around this conversation and, and continue to hang around, maybe even through the weekend. Okay, cool. Jake Rogers continues to look great. Uh, that's pretty much it for the offensive side of the ball. Let's talk pitching. There's only a few notes on the pitching side. Matt Manning, the big one. Um, four innings, six hits, one run. It wasn't earned, so zero earned runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. It was a very classic, inconsistent Matt Manning performance. Uh, we saw flashes of the high ceiling, and we also saw uh, some pitches that really just weren't working for him. He threw 80 pitches through four innings. 46% of his 80 pitches were the four-seam fastball, and it had eight whiffs. That's very, very solid. It, but then on the flip, that pitch ranged anywhere from 91 to 95 miles an hour. And it almost felt like it was situationally based. Like if it was early in the count or like early in the game in the first inning, it was a lot of 91 and 92. But then if he had two strikes on a guy or like the bases were loaded at the end of the first inning, not really his fault, to be honest with you. A lot of BABIP and then like a close call that was a walk. Um, and in that situation, then he reared up to 95 and you were like, what is happening? So it, it, if it's situational base, I guess that's a little frustrating, but we'll take it. Like that's better than just completely inconsistent, right? But weird and something to continue noting, but it's a good pitch. Eight whiffs, a lot of, lot of strikes with it. It, it, we talked about it yesterday in the player preview, right? That that was a good – that's a good pitch for Matt Manning. And, and it makes sense that he throws it almost half the time. The slider was comfortably his second most used pitch. Uh, had really inconsistent command on it. Sometimes it looked really good when it was located, even somewhat decently. And then sometimes it really didn't at all. The curveball is the pitch I want to talk about the most. And I don't even have, like, too terribly much to say on it. But just, like, what a – if you want to talk inconsistency, that's probably the biggest offender of his repertoire. Like he threw eight curveballs. That's it. But like six of them were belt high, just hangers over the plate. And then he threw one. That was the most beautiful curveball I've maybe ever seen from someone not named Clayton Kershaw. Like it was an actual thing of beauty. It bounced right behind home plate, like right on the, the the back point of home plate. That's where they teach you to set up as catchers. Like it, it it was beautiful, and it was it got a swing and a miss on a two strike count. It got a strikeout. It was perfect, but like six or seven of the other curveballs he threw were terrible. They weren't even like like oh you know like you could work with that or something. Like they were legitimately at the belt buckle right down the middle. And, like, you can't have that. 80% of your curveballs can't be home run pitches just because 20% of them are really good. And we talked about them that a lot on yesterday's player preview of Matt Manning uh, where, like, he needs a legitimate third pitch. The fastball is always going to be the 1-1, and the slider has the potential to be a really solid secondary pitch, but he desperately needs a, a, a third pitch. He needs another secondary pitch to to, to make him a legitimate starter, and um, th this was all over the place performance. Um, really quickly, uh, Trey Winginter looked great again. Slider is nasty. Fastball topped out at 98. He's a dog. I, I He's going to be on the opening day roster, and he absolutely deserves it. 
Alex Lang, some command woes that he continues to need to iron out, but had a clean sheet at the end of the day, whatever. And then the only other person I want to talk about is Jose Cisnero, and then we'll get into these uh, this locked-on power rankings. That's the word. Forgot the word there for a second. Um, the velocity is good for Jose Cisnero. The stuff is good for Jose Cisnero. The command is literally nowhere to be found, and it continues to be a problem not in this calendar year. It dates back to when he came off the IL last season. We're talking about like eight running months of him just having zero command of his pitches. And I, I we don't need to have the same conversation every single day about like, oh, you know, it really sucks. He has really good stuff. Where's the command? Like, you know, whatever. But it, it's just, it's, I still think he's going to make the opening day roster and all that. And, and I still think like that it's in there. Like we saw good Jose's is narrow for two seasons, but it, it's getting wild. How, uh, you know, no pun intended. Like, it's it's wild how we're going on eight, nine months of just zero command, but with the same velocity and, like, movement that we've always had. It's just, it's really, it's a head scratcher. It's really puzzling. And I'm going to lean on this amazing pitching coaching staff a lot to try to iron out some of that stuff because it's, it's, it's getting ridiculous. <laughs> To be honest, he did not look good in this one because he, he had no hung a slider, almost hit people, was walking people like it, it was it was all over the place as it's been again for a majority of the last year. So hoses is narrow. Definitely someone to keep an eye on in this bullpen. OK, let's get into the uh, the power rankings, shall we? But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, baby, you know the drill. The tournament's heating up, right? We got a lot of fun March tourney games this weekend, and it is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything. The money line, point scores, three-pointers drained, etc., Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for the chance of a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance for a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All righty, everybody. Welcome back. Third and final segment here of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. I really do appreciate this community community so uh, unbelievably much. I'm glad that we got a we got a cool group of of peeps to talk ball with. I do not take uh, this this position for granted whatsoever. It's a dream. It's a dream. It really is. All right, let's get into uh, the power rankings here. I found a thumbtack just sitting on my desk here. So. Power rankings, I'm going to try to do some high tech stuff. We'll see if it works. Oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's go. That actually worked out really well. That's like weirdly perfect how that worked out. I, oh, no. I screwed up. Okay. So let's talk about these power rankings. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can kind of see it. We have a graphic up there. Um, really quickly, the Tigers are 28th, according to Lockdown. I adamantly disagree with that. Shocker. 
Uh, we'll talk about where I had them in a second. Just running through them really quickly, okay, for the people who aren't watching on YouTube and are listening. Uh, Braves, one. Padres, two. Astros, three. Mets, four. Dodgers, five. Yankees, six. Phillies, seven. Blue Jays, eight. Mariners, nine. Guardians, ten. Then we have the Cardinals, 11, Rays, 12, Twins, 13, Angels, 14, Brewers, 15, White Sox, 16, Rangers, 17, Orioles, 18, Giants, 19, D-backs, 20. And then the bottom 10 is the Red Sox, Cubs, Marlins, Royals, Pirates, Reds, Rockies, Tigers, Athletics, Nationals, in that order. Okay, so... Let's, I guess we can start with the Tigers. We're locked on Tigers. We can do that. So also I had some, I had somebody that was like <laughs> very, it was like, oh, is this ranking locked on hosts? And I was like, I hope not. But uh, no, this is ranking the teams. This is not ranking the, the quality of shows. Um, so the Tigers find themselves at 28 here. I had them much higher, not like, you know, 15 or anything. Like I'm not a crazy person, but I had the Tigers ahead of the Rockies, ahead of the Reds, ahead of the Pirates, certainly ahead of the Royals. And that might be it. Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. I might have had them ahead of the D-backs, too. Somewhere around there. I had them in the low 20s, so like somewhere between that 21 to 23 range. I think twenty, like the Tigers, I would be shocked genuinely, and I and I know that I'm the host of this show, and I, I you know I'm a fan, and I'm biased, and yeah, we can get all that out of the way. Sure, okay, you said it, good one. Okay, now that that's over, I I would genuinely be surprised if last year like repeated itself. If this everything that could have possibly went wrong last year went wrong, and the Tigers didn't lose a hundred games. Like, I have this team at a low to mid-70s win total, right? I I have it somewhere between, like, 72 and 75 wins. That's that's my expectation. That's where I have the Tigers this season. That is That has the potential to be, like, 10 wins better than the 28th best team in baseball this year, right? Like, the Nationals and A's are both comfortably losing 100. And then after that, you start having the Cincinnati Reds like conversation. That's a brutal situation. Like, I I just don't understand putting the Reds over the Tigers. That makes absolutely zero sense to me. The Rockies, you can at least somewhat be like they're going to win all their home games, and you're like, all right, tough to argue against that, sure. Um, but and, and like the Pirates have some young talent coming. I still think the Tigers are going to be better, but like I kind of understand it. The Royals over the Tigers, I adamantly disagree with. That. Uh, again, look at last season. <laughs> Everything that could have possibly have gone wrong for the Tigers did, and and they were still right around where the Royals finished. Um, so I, I don't, I I disagree. I disagree. Okay, I, I had them much higher. Looking at other things that jump out at me at at this list, just around baseball, not even Tigers specifically. The Braves at one. I, I really like the Braves, and if they're healthy, they're going to be one of the best teams in baseball. They're going to be a World Series threat. That's all absolutely true. The Astros are one until proven otherwise for me. That is an absolute juggernaut. That is a, a, a just tank of a team 
that is going to steamroll anyone in seven, in my opinion, for the foreseeable future. Now, they play the games for a reason. Let's go see it. But that's not a team that lost, like, an insane amount. They didn't add a boatload, but they added Jose Abreu. Like, they didn't add a, a ridiculous amount, but they did make additions and didn't lose a ton. And in my opinion, were pretty comfortably the best roster in baseball last year. So, like... I, I three especially I you know I don't know that one I I have the Astros at one uh, I I still again this is not like the Braves are not the 11th best team like the Braves are absolutely one of the premier teams but you're really splitting hairs there at the top and the Astros haven't done anything for me to prove that they're not the best team in baseball I did have the Padres ahead of the Dodgers I did which you know a year ago two years ago etc if you would have told me that I would have done that I probably would have laughed but uh, the Dodgers did nothing this offseason. I, I think they're saving to throw half a billion dollars, not even kidding, at Otani next offseason. But they did nothing this offseason. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, they, they might have dudes that, like, played majority of their seasons in AAA last year starting in their outfield. So, um, I – the Dodgers will be fine. They'll make the playoffs. Again, not saying they're bad, but – I also have the Padres ahead of the Dodgers there. Uh, the Mets, uh, of course, are, are going to be in that conversation, even despite the Diaz uh, injury. The Phillies are going to be a really good ball club. The Yankees, obviously. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Like our, our fellow AL Central team here, the Cleveland Guardians, the best AL Central team is 10. Okay, so let's just go through AL Central team specifically. Guards are at 10. The Twins are at 13. The White Sox are at 16, the Royals are at 24, and the Tigers are at 28. We've already talked about how ridiculous it is that the Royals are ahead of the Tigers. That's preposterous. Uh, I, I will gladly come back to this in August. I, I, I'm, I don't feel bad about that. Um, White Sox-Twins is really the conversation. In my eyes, the Guardians are clearly the best team in this division still. Um, I, I, we kind of talked about it when Pakoda came out as well. I just, you know, there's a lot of twins hype for a team that's biggest move was just bringing back a player they already had and they weren't that good last year. Um, they did make a trade and their pitching got better. And and I love Pablo and all that. That's 100%. Like, I'm not trying to make it sound like they didn't get better at all. And I'm not trying to make it sound like the, the re-signing of Correa isn't a huge deal for that organization. Uh, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if the White Sox were better than the twins this year. It wouldn't shock me if the Twins didn't go 500 this year. Like, I have the Brewers ahead of the Twins. Um, I had the Angels ahead of the Twins. I know that that one's going to get a laugh. Everybody is, especially after the WBC, loving their uh, free jabs at the Angels for the time being. Um, Rangers, I don't really think, are, are still very great. The Giants, I had a little bit higher. The D-backs are going to be really fun in a couple of years, but I just don't think that this is – like they're going to have like an all-rookie team, basically. I think we're, we're, we're still probably a couple years away from that resurgence. Um, the Orioles are an interesting one, and then uh, we won't have too much more commentary here. I'll let you get out of here. But, you know, the Orioles, I, I don't want to be like a stick in the mud, but a lot of people are really high on the Orioles, and I – kind of fully expect them to finish last in the AL East. Um, they, they still have so many holes offensively and they're still in comfortably the best division in baseball. And like, I know that we're, you're playing teams in your division less and it's going to be another year forward. Like Adley Rutschman might put up like eight wins. Like, like I, I, I love Adley Rutschman more than anybody. Like I, I totally believe in their future. 
And I think that they are going to be up there with like the, the premier teams in the AL East in within the next season or two. Uh, I, I just, I still feel like this is uh, a year away type of season. I think a lot of people are really hot on them, but they didn't really do anything this off season and their biggest moves this season are just going to be adding rookies and like, I don't know, you're in a division with the Rays, Yankees, and Blue Jays. Like, I don't really know if adding rookies, no matter how highly regarded they are, is going to be enough to just like care, you know, take you from the the fifth place. Uh, well, last year they weren't, but kind of the bottom of that division that you've been at for the majority of the last few years, just like right out of there in a season. I think there might be more of a more of a slower build. Uh, I don't even I don't want to make it sound like we're four years away from good Orioles baseball. I think it might literally be next season, but still just a year too early for me. I'm going to kind of be like the stick in the mud on that one. And then the Red Sox is kind of where we'll end. Um, I'm a lot higher on the Red Sox, which kind of makes sense because I'm lower on the Orioles than most people. I think the Red Sox are going to be in the wild card hunt, like at the midway point in the season. I think everyone loves to focus on what the Red Sox didn't bring back and what they didn't do and is not focusing enough on what they did actually bring back and there's still some darn good ball players on that team uh they still made some some nice additions the biggest thing for me for them is going to be how deep is their starting pitching um but they they got they they got some 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 gamers still that that's still like not a bad team just because they lost Sander Bogarts and like oh you know they I, again I, I think everyone's kind of focusing on what what got away in Boston and not what they actually did do, which I don't think is that bad. So are they going to make the playoffs? I would say probably not still, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were around 500 or a couple of games over 500 at the all-star break. And we were having a conversation about like, Oh, like what, you know, where do the Red Sox stand? Do you expect them to kind of hold it together throughout the second half of the season or not? But long season, a lot of baseball ahead. And I absolutely cannot wait. Look at that high tech. Boom. I think that's all I got for you. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check on the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. All righty, that will do it. We'll be back tomorrow on a nice, beautiful Friday. Uh, this weekend's going to be big for for major league roster cuts. So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the on the Tigers PR department. Uh, they'll be, I'm sure, releasing some statements and uh, some roster moves. They got 15 dudes. They need to still trim off this roster to get to 26 on opening day. So uh, keep keep an eye. Keep an eye on that. That's going to be something. And if you don't keep an eye on it, there, there's a show out there that covers the Tigers literally every day. So we'll be all over it. Peace and love going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.